This is the Main Character Podcast with Sam Bennett. This episode, we did a bit of a different format. I took the interview I did with Daniel Abnielli, and we cut out a portion of it where he really discusses his perspective on life and some frameworks that I found to be very powerful. At one point, he talks about the Wallaby moment. So I'm going to briefly tell you guys about what the Wallaby moment is. It's a, it's a memory and experience that I had in my own life. And it all goes back to when I was 18 or 19. I had saved up all my money and left to go work in Australia. And so I had a couple thousand dollars in my name, something to get me through you know, two months of rent and classes that I had to take and the airline ticket. And when I arrived, um, I just got a job. I got a job bartending, serving tables, washing dishes. I got a bunch of different jobs. And over the course of uh, many months, I moved across Australia doing this. And at one point, I had decided that I wanted to go to Tasmania. And Tasmania is an island off the southern coast of Australia. It's a beautiful jungle island. It's a huge island. It's where Tasmanian tigers used to live in Australia as well. And so I, I, I spend my last little bit that I've saved up from working for the last couple months and I buy a ticket down there. And, and my confidence was that wherever I would go, I would be able to find a place to work because that's what had happened so far. But I land and Tasmania was a different animal. It uh, had a lot of people that had come with a similar idea. And the culture was just distinct and different. And it wasn't as easy to get his job as I thought it was. And I remember that I was staying in a hostel uh, called the Pickled Frog. There's this big old 1800s building painted completely green. And uh, I had been passing out resumes. I remember I printed out 60 resumes at one of the local print shops, and I had given all of them out. I think I had one or two left in my hand, and I was out of money, and I didn't really know what to do, and I was, I was starving. And so I went to the store, and the only thing, I was like, okay, how can I make this couple bucks last as long as possible? So I got, and I was like, I, it's all about nutrition. It's not about taste for me. So I just got, okay, what, what's nutritious? Like me not knowing how to cook. I'm 18. I'm living in a hostel. I get broccoli. I get eggs. I get pasta. And I get the cheapest meat that they have, which is wallaby meat. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a wallaby is, it's a, it's a small forest kangaroo. And so they have wallaby meat and it's very inexpensive. And, and the reason it's inexpensive is because it's, it's very low quality meat. It's very gamey. And if there's any chefs out there that have cooked wallaby and, and tell me I'm wrong, then, you know, maybe I, I, I'll, I'll admit that it possibly I simply don't know how to cook it. But I'll tell you that my experience was that it was the, it was the worst tasting meat. And so I'm sitting there in this hostel and I've cooked up my broccoli and my pasta, no sauce, and this heap of wallaby meat. And I was staring at it and I was thinking to myself, I can never be in this position. I cannot live my life where I'm in a position where I don't have enough money to eat the like basic food so that I can feel good. And I was like, okay, like it's now it's my turn. Like this was my responsibility. I put myself in this position. 
I can get myself out of this position. And that was a turning moment for me. That was a turning moment where I said, okay, now for the rest of my life, I'm going to be sharpening the spear of how I can grow, how I can make money and how I can think about having a personality that's tied to personal growth, not just financially, not just in my career, but in terms of never being at a moment that I've already experienced that I feel as I've moved past. And of course, it's, it's an effort, not, not a destination. It's a journey. It's not a straight line. Um, but that, that was a powerful story. And that was a story that, uh, that I think about often and one that Daniel and I had spoke to. So as we get into Daniel's podcast, you'll hear him mention once or twice the Wallaby moment, my time in Australia, and that is what he's referring to. And without further ado, I will introduce you to my good friend, business partner, and just an all-around inspirational guy, Daniel Abnielli. Have you ever read the book, The Alchemist? So there's that analogy where he goes to the smartest, the wisest person in the world, and he asks him, how do I be happy? And the guy says, I don't have time to explain the secret of happiness to you right now, but I want you to take this spoon, and he puts a drop of oil in the spoon, and he says, go explore my house, but do not drop the oil on the spoon. And he has this amazing house, but the entire time he's focused on the spoon and he doesn't actually absorb everything that he's seeing in the house. And he gets back to the guy and he says, yeah, I didn't drop the oil. He says, okay, but did you see the tapestries? Did you see the garden? Did you see all the amazing things in the house? He's like, no. He's like, all right, go back out and do that again and notice everything. So he goes around and he sees all this amazing stuff and he's just exploring the house and it's really beautiful. And... Then he comes back and he says, okay, where's the droplet on the spoon? And he says, oh, like I was too distracted seeing everything. And he says, the secret of happiness is being able to absorb everything that's going on around you, but also keep concentrated on the droplet on the spoon. And I think it's an example of a balancing act. There is no right or wrong. You have to be able to enjoy yourself in the moment as much as you humanly can, but then also be able to be ambitious and think about the future and actually have plans and make a difference in your life. I don't think that there is an answer of which one's right or wrong. I think everyone's different, but I think that you need to decide for yourself, what does that balance actually look like? And in my case, I'm very passionate about wanting to live a life that outlives me. I really want to make a difference in the world. I want the world to be a better place because I was here. And that's what I really value. So I'm willing to have less of enjoying the surroundings and focusing on the future, but I make sure that I balance it. I think that something that I've said a lot is that there is no such thing as work-life balance. You either like what you do or you don't. And there is no such thing as, okay, you work 60 hours a week or you work 40 hours a week. That's Neither of those are work-life balance. Work-life balance is actually loving what you do. I think it's Tony Robbins who says that, the ultimate failure in life is making a lot of money and still being unhappy because then you didn't actually do something that you enjoy to make that money. So it's like the end goal isn't really to just get rich. Maybe for some it is, but ultimately I think that most rich people realize that the journey of getting there that actually is the most enjoyable part, not the end goal of finally having a lot of money in your bank account. And I think that so many people are just like, if I just had a nicer car. Debt is one thing. Like no one wants debt. You need to be able to have the freedom. But after a certain point, it doesn't actually make a difference. And you have to figure out your ultimate journey. Your ultimate obligation in life is to figure out 
what you actually are passionate about and what you can actually do in this life. That is the ultimate purpose of life. And to bring it back to the alchemist again, it's like your personal legend. You need to figure that out. That is your main purpose in life is figuring that out. And you're going through your entire life trying to figure that out. And it's never too late. You can be 50 years old and finally figure it out, or you can be blessed and be 20 years old and figure it out. But the bottom line is that you need to figure it out. It's a moral obligation inside of yourself to figure this out. You can't know what joy is if you don't know what pain is. It's like the concept of burning the boats. If you want to take the island, you burn the boats. It's a famous analogy that if you don't have any other option, you will succeed. If you create backup options, then you won't. You always know in your mind that you could always go back to the United States. You could always do all these other things. And I think that most people don't realize that if you take big chances and you don't have any other options, you will figure it out. You will succeed. It's better to lean towards arrogance than it is to lean towards self-deprecating yourself. It's better to be overly confident than to be super underly confident. Obviously, you want to meet right in the middle. But if you had to choose one, I would say be overconfident and then fail and then deal with it. I think everyone gets to their wallaby meat moment in life where they're like, you know what? This is, I wouldn't say rock bottom, but this is no longer acceptable. This is just not something that I'm willing to live with anymore. I love the idea of taking a giant leap in life, a giant leap of faith. It always works out. I think a leap of faith that I took recently was moving out to New York. I didn't know a single person when I got this job offer and I wanted something new. I wanted to be in a big city and I didn't even think twice, to be honest. I didn't even think about if I get out there and I can't meet anyone and I have no friends and I'm really lonely and maybe there's negative to that because a lot of those things did happen. I was very lonely when I first got out here. It was difficult, but I didn't even think about it. I just jumped. And I think in life, so many times we have opportunities where we can jump and then we psych ourselves out by thinking through all of the things that could go wrong and we don't actually take the chance. And you have to take chances in life. The ultimate way to fail is to not take any chances. Like that is the only way to fail. Obviously, chances can turn into failures as well. This entire experience could have been a lot different and it happened to have worked out. But I don't think that's luck. I think it was luck that I got here, but I don't think that it's luck that it worked out because anywhere I go, I work as hard as I humanly can. If I'm going to work at Starbucks, I'm going to be the best Starbucks employee I can possibly be. And that's something that I think everyone needs to take with them on their day-to-day -day life is that no matter what you're doing, you're giving your time to that moment. Maybe you don't want to work at Starbucks forever, but right now you do. So be the best person that you possibly can be. Be the best. Move up grow because you're already giving it your time. What's the point in half-assing something? You're still losing that time. You might as well grow in that experience. I just think that leap of faiths in life are some of the most important things you can do and they need to be balanced. They need to be somewhat thought through. I did figure out where I wanted to live. I had a job, so I knew that I wasn't going to go hungry, but I didn't know if I'd like New York. I didn't know anything. So I really do think it's important to figure out in your life like you're always going to look back on the experiences that you didn't take as your biggest regrets. Like going to Australia, you're never going to regret that. That's part of your social resume, like your personal identity resume. That's how you've become who you are today. I just love that perspective and I don't think enough people actually do it. I think it's so easy said, so hard done, and 
I just wish that more people would take giant chances. I think Jordan Peterson is always talking about you need to be dangerous and then you need to be able to tame it. And I think another way of looking at that is that discipline equals freedom. It's one of Jocko Willink's big quotes is that discipline equals freedom. And at first I was like, how does that make sense? If you're really disciplined, are you actually free? To give an example of how this works, it's if you're disciplined at going to the gym, you go to the gym five days, six days a week, and you exercise and you're in really good shape. That means that you have the freedom to do anything because you're in good shape. You can do anything you want because you're disciplined by already going to the gym. And I think it's a very similar example. It's if you're dangerous, you're actually safe, safer than you ever could be, assuming that you're not like a psychopath or something like that. Another one is responsibility equals happiness. A lot of people think that like, why would responsibility make me happier? Because that's what we ultimately all want. A wife is responsibility. A house is responsibility. Children is responsibility. A good job is responsibility. No one wants to just be the carefree person that has no responsibility because you actually end up becoming completely unfulfilled in this life. I think if you were just born into a billionaire, you're a billionaire's kid and your parents completely spoil you and you get to go on yachts and you get to do everything you want. I think that they genuinely are the most unhappy people alive because they've never had to struggle. They don't have any responsibility. It's literally just life is a free for all. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it's fun to be on the yacht, but I think that if I get on a yacht, when I get on a yacht one day in my life, I think that I will actually feel much happier on that yacht than they do because I know what it's like to not be on the yacht. And how do you know what it's like to be happy if you've never been sad? Honestly, I know it's so stupid sounding, but how could you know? How would you even know what happiness is? You're always in the state of happiness. I guess that's good, but like it really is when I'm unhappy, like about a month ago, I was, I had a moment where I was very unhappy and right now I'm very happy and I'm thankful because of experiencing that moment that I get to be happy right now in this moment. I don't think that even happiness is the most important thing in life. I think that happiness is privilege that you get to earn, but it's not actually guaranteed, even if you're successful and everything. People aren't looking for the meaning of life as much as the feeling of being alive. We conceptualize things. We overthink everything and the things that they're looking for the meaning of life. What does it mean to be happy? What does it mean to be successful? What does it mean to do what you were meant to do on this planet? What you're really searching for is the feeling of being, you don't actually care what success really means. It actually doesn't mean anything. You want the feeling of success. You want the feeling of whatever it is. And I think that you brought it up. It's like a toolbox of emotions and those emotions allow you to feel alive. And sometimes I think that it's really easy to feel dead, to just not feel anything. You go through life numb, totally numb to everything that's going on. And I think that's the ultimate failure to be numb and to not experience. I know that it's over romanticized in a lot of ways of it's about doing what you want to do. And I just don't think that many people actually do. It's not about living remote and doing whatever the hell I want. You need to be methodical about what you want to do and then actually achieving that. I always wonder how many more of those life hacks exist in life that you don't even know that they're there. Exercise when it comes, everything, everything has it. Maybe there's a pillow that all of a sudden changes my life. I'm always looking for life hacks that can dramatically improve your life.
Let's do a life hack episode next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it is helpful.